With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. And live from the Philadelphia Eagles training table, it's the fourth and inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. <laughs> Lots of injuries abound, and we'll get into that in a moment. But uh, yes. here we are, uh, 2018 preseason winding down. Fantasy football drafts in full swing, and uh, Jana and I are in full swing, too. This is our ninth season doing the show, and we look forward to dispensing our usual helping dosing, uh, dose, or maybe not dosing, but a dose of uh, fantasy advice this <laughs> well, week. Jana, know. welcome. <laughs> Hi, I'm excited. I mean, I'm still trying to pretend this Cowboys game last week didn't happen, but, you know, I'm doing a damn good job of it so far, so I'm going to call that a win. Yeah, that's that's definitely a win. But uh, yeah, so speaking of the Cowboys, since you're a big Cowboys fan, what do you uh, have? What do you see in store for them this season? Well, uh, I'm I'm hoping that things are better than I think they're going to be because I am, I guess, cautiously optimistic at best. I'm very concerned about the wide receiver situation and the fact that, you know. I love Alan Hearns. It's great. I, I don't love Terrence Williams. Anybody who's listening to the show, you know, has figured that out by now. I'm a little worried because we did not – Alan Hearns has not replaced Des Bryant in my mind, and um, I think that there's going to be some struggles there. Uh, we've got a couple of issues on the offensive line, and the defense still has some question marks. So I'm putting them at second in the division behind the Eagles, unfortunately, as much as that pains me to say. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping we can overachieve, but I'm not banking on it. Do you think that gets them into the playoffs or we can wait and hold off on that till uh, a little later in the show and get some predictions then? But uh, I'm hoping so. it gets them in the playoffs, but I'm on the fence on it. But yes, we've got a ton of predictions coming down the pipeline and I am excited about it. Okay. Where do you want to start off with uh, injuries and news from the week or what? What yeah, might as, well, might as well get myself in mid-season form here. Let's take a deep breath. It's actually not that bad this week, injury-wise, um, myself included, which I guess just put myself on this list. But um, uh, the biggest and most notable of the week, which also crushed a couple of my fantasy teams, is Marquise Lee is done for the year. He uh, took a nasty hit. His knee bent inside out. It was disgusting. Um, he He's done for the year. He had knee surgery. Uh, all of the Pittsburgh Steelers tight ends, currently questionable not sure if any or all will be available week one jesse james left this week with a back contusion vance mcdonald's missed the entire preseason so far with a foot injury and xavier grimble had a hand and wrist surgery so nobody's cleared yet i, w- I wouldn't be drafting a lot of steelers tight ends for your week one lineups uh yeah i mean hopefully not but we've seen stranger things here and other tight ends new tight end news uh, your Giants lost Evan Ingram to a concussion uh, this week. This He's starting for me to get a little bit into Jordan Reed territory, which is making me a little bit nervous. I still like him a lot, but I'd like him better unconcussed. Speaking of Jordan Reed, however, all signs point to him being available to play week one. We still have a little bit of time here, and I'd like to wrap him in bubble wrap to assure that, but it looks good. 
Uh, Detroit Lions tight end Luke Wilson, formerly a Seahawk. He left the game with a knee injury Friday. It doesn't look like it's going to be too serious, but keep an eye on it. Ty Montgomery in Green Bay also left uh, this week with a foot injury, but he was walking around on his own power. That looks like it's going to be all right. Andrew Luck's got his own foot injury. He missed practice, set off a whole lot of alarm bells around the world, but they say if it had been the regular season, he would have played. It would have been fine. Uh, really no reason to push him now. Let's. It, we haven't had him in a year and a half. Let's all calm down. <laughs> Josh Gordon in uh, our weekly Josh Gordon news segment, I guess. Not going to start week one, but will have some kind of quote-unquote role. So he's not going to be on the field for the first snap from there. It's anybody's guess. Um, you know, I might still start him as a flex, flex spot, but we'll get to that next week. Patriots running back Sonny Michael returned to practice. It's his first practice since the beginning of August when he had some minor knee surgery, had it scoped. He looks pretty good. Uh, he should be fine for week one. 49ers running back Jarek McKinnon, however, is looking healthier. They're posting uh, nice Twitter videos and, and Snapchat and all kind of all kinds of things of him running around looking healthy. Looks like he's going to be the starter out in San Francisco for week one. Miami uh, Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker still dealing with the broken finger, still not cleared to catch. That's not a great sign at this point, especially since you'd like he and Ryan Tannehill to perhaps get a, the rapport back. It's been a year. Uh, the Redskins side, Adrian Peterson. I'm not sure if anybody heard about that. Very low-key, very under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> Playing his first preseason game this week and uh, looks pretty good by all accounts. I, I watched it. I was pleasantly surprised. What did you think? I Yeah, he looked good, but I just, again, I, I think there are lots of better choices there, and I would be really surprised if he leads the Redskins in rushing yards this year, but that's just me. I, I think, yeah, I'm going the other way. You know, I'm actually, somebody I, will I draft think I'm on board him, with Adrian Peterson bandwagon here. I think I'm drinking the uh, Kool-Aid. Good luck with that. So we're what, five minutes into the show, we're disagreeing already? Perfect. Right on schedule. Yeah. Um, and and your boy, Odell Beckham form. Jr. is, uh, yeah, yeah, we really nice, are. Odell nice Beckham Jr. signed a five-year, five $95 million contract with $65 million guaranteed. I just, it's kind of hard to fathom that kind of money, but uh, as a Giants fan, I think you're, you should probably be excited about that as a fantasy football player. If you've got Odell Beckham Jr. on your team, that's a good sign because now he can unbunch his panties, get his act together, and start catching touchdowns. That would be a nice thing. Well, yeah, if the offensive line does what it's supposed to do and keeps Eli upright and he is able to throw the ball better than he did last season, but uh, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, I mean, I'm happy. It's nice for a change to see a player, you know, not have to stage a long holdout to, to get paid. And, you know, those guys, you know, most of them, you know, their contracts aren't guaranteed. So it's nice to see him yeah, get a, you know, a whole bunch, bunch of, of change up front. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely like changing money. I mean, he wasn't poor by any stretch of the imagination between his endorsement deals and his salary beforehand. But yeah, this, yeah. If, uh, if my, if my boss and, and owner it. of my workplace would like to guarantee me $65 million by all means, I know you guys listen. So like have at it. <laughs> yeah, he, I'm, he, I'm available for of, that. <laughs> instead of making it rain, I think Odell Beckham can uh, make it flood if he wants to right now. There was a really nice locker room celebration. There was, like, a nice dance party that they posted online. I mean, I, that felt like a nice way to celebrate. Just 
holding a speaker yeah, and, and dancing around the locker room. So whatever, do it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think they're going to have much else to celebrate this uh So you know season, what? Take but, your uh, victories you where can you can. And it's it's almost right. Thursday in Seattle. That's Techno Thursday. The Seahawks have a lot of weird things happening that I'm I'm actually very into. So, you know, they're just segueing right into Techno Thursday. We're going to keep the dance party going. I like it. Okay. Um, how about uh, Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey, who's announced today that he's going to be missing the first couple of games of the season. How far do you bump him down your draft list, or would you oh. even uh, just cross him off the list altogether? Honestly, right now, I might just cross him off. I might take him as a late-round flyer, but I'd rather let somebody else deal with it. As we know, and I did advocate for him last week, I'm I'm happy with a, a borderline healthy Alshon Jeffrey, but the fact that we're kind of already throwing in the towel for a few weeks now makes me a little concerned. And, you know, if you're going to miss a few weeks and the team's still rolling and all of a sudden maybe it's not that you need to rush back, so it's going to take longer. It, I just think this thing could snowball pretty easily, and I I think there are several options that are going to feel a little safer out there. So I wouldn't reach for him. If he falls to you very late in your draft, go ahead and take a flyer. But other than that, I don't want any part of it. And uh, how about um, Carson Wentz? Still no contact or anything. Uh, do you trust him as a fantasy quarterback uh, to begin the season, or do you let somebody else deal with that problem? Uh, I actually, I've actually drafted Carson Wentz on some teams. So I'm, I'm apparently taking that problem on without issue. Um, I just make sure because I'm the person that drafts two quarterbacks because I like to play matchups. So I make sure I, I have somebody serviceable that if I need to for a few weeks, I'm comfortable playing. So I have no problem taking Carson once he seems to really want to get on the field. If I'm the Eagles, I don't want him anywhere near the field before the bye week. Um, but they're shockingly not asking me. So they, they seem to, you know, be ready. If he thinks he's going to be fine, they're going to put him on the field, which I think is a mistake. But I'll I'll reap the benefits for it fantasy-wise because I think that offense is going to score a lot of points. Well, even if he's on the field, I would think he's going to be a different player than he was last year. I don't see him scrambling around <clears throat> and gaining as many yards uh, rushing-wise. I, but I don't think he necessarily has to. I think that I mean, that team, and we'll talk a little bit more about them later, they're returning 19 out of 22 starters. The the offensive line and that whole unit are still pretty together. Um, I think he's got a little more trust, and he can, you know, hang back for another minute. It's just a matter of, you know, are your wide receivers going to run the routes they're supposed to, which has sort of been an issue in Philly. But I think he'll I think he'll still be uh, an above average quarterback. So I'm I'm going with it. I, I wouldn't argue that he would be above average, but you know, right now. It seems like he's generally going still in the top four to six quarterbacks that are being taken. And with the injury uncertainty, there's no way I would be taking him that uh, high relative to others. I don't know if I take him in my top, my top four to six, but, you know, seven, eight, nine, yeah, I might take him there. Okay. Um, how about New England and the wide receiver situation? These next two topics are kind of interrelated. But first of all, we've got New England – Wide receiver news this week. Eric Decker retired. Eric Kenny Decker. Brick gets cut. Yep. And yeah, I, you know, I was, how I about was sad to see Eric Decker other, go. I thought he still had some in the tank. But what are you gonna the do? other topic I want to bring up that's kind of related to that is where does Des Bryant end up? Oof. Des. 
Des, Des, Des. I still think Tampa Bay is where he should go. I know that's where he won't go, but that's where I think would be the best fit for him. Um, at this point, I, I think he's stuck waiting till someone has some kind of catastrophic injury. I mean, maybe, maybe now with the Marquise Lee injury, maybe Jacksonville comes calling, but I don't know if I'm Jacksonville if I want to introduce the whole Des Bryant persona and attitude into a very young wide receiver core where things seem pretty okay right now. So if I'm Jacksonville, I don't know. I'd, I'd think really hard about that one. So I don't think he's going to have a job week one. Yeah, I, For me, that's a no-brainer if I'm Jacksonville. I say thanks, but no thanks. You know, you've got Keeney Cole, you've got D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, I think, yeah, sure, you could always use more depth, but Des Bryant isn't going to sign to be somebody's you know, third or fourth wide receiver. He's going to want to start, and I just don't think yeah. that that's really in the offing for him at Jacksonville. I just uh, the fact that he turned down Baltimore and, and Cleveland ended up being a bust. Like I just I don't know how many other options he thinks he has. I I don't know you know what kind of stuff's going on behind the scenes, but you know to me on paper there aren't a lot of places where he fits that are going to pay him anywhere close to the kind of money he wants to make and are going to be competitive. So I'm not really sure what kind of perfect situation he's waiting for, but I don't know if it's out there. Yeah. Speaking of uh, imperfect situations, there are a bunch of quarterback positions where you know, things are kind of up in the air going into the season. Even if there's been a starter announced, you know, it could very easily mm-hmm. change at some point during the season. And I'm thinking specifically of some of the teams that drafted rookies this year. You know, I don't think uh, Mason Rudolph's in any danger of um, – you know, supplanting Ben Roethlisberger this season, unless yeah. heaven forbid, you know, there's a major injury there and Landry Jones can't get it done. But, you know, how, what do you, let's, let's take a look at some of the situations and we've got Buffalo where Josh Allen and Nathan Peterman are still in the running after AJ McCarron's injury. You've got Baltimore where Joe yeah. Flacco is the nominal starter there, but Lamar Jackson figures to get a shot at some point before the end of the season You've got the Jets with Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown running around Arizona. You know, Sam Bradford is a talented quarterback when he can stay healthy, which is never. And then you've got Josh Rosen who was drafted and Cleveland. You've got, you know, Terod Taylor who's shown that he can be an effective quarterback, you know, with, even with Buffalo, but you know, you don't draft Baker Mayfield number one, if you're not anticipating playing him. So anyway, why don't we, take a look one by one at some of those quarterback situations and stare into the crystal ball and see what you think is going to happen and uh, whether any of those guys are going to be fantasy relevant this season. Why don't we start with uh, Buffalo and Josh Allen and Nathan Peterman? I think Buffalo is the most interesting out of the bunch. Um, Probably Buffalo and the Jets, but for my money, Buffalo is the quarterback battle I really want to watch. So A.J. McCarron still seems to be up in the air on what on earth is even injured on his body. It seems like every day it's different. Is is the collarbone broken or things torn, whatever. So we don't really have a straight answer of how long he's going to be out. Um, I'm very interested in seeing what a healthy A.J. McCarron can do with several weeks of consistency. I think – that that would have been a very good situation. But now it looks like, for me, I think you go with Josh Allen. I know he said some things after this week. He took a pretty good bump to the head, but he came back. He was fine. 
Um, and he said after the game, you know, it's different to see it at that speed, and it absolutely is. But you look at, around at that division and you look around at that team in Buffalo, I think you just throw them in the fire early. Don't keep messing around and screwing with Nathan, Nathan Peterman and this and that. Just go with it. It's not going to be your year. You're not making the playoffs this year. It's not a Super Bowl team. You're not just one piece away. This is a team that has a lot of holes and a lot of things that need to grow and work together. And if I'm running the team and A.J. McCarron's not healthy, Josh Allen's my guy. I think I think he's worth, if you're in a dynasty league or if you have a, a crazy expanded roster or you're playing in a two-quarterback league, I'd stash him on a bench. I, I think he's going to be valuable. I have a slightly different viewpoint. I just think that pick taking Josh Allen makes no sense to me. I mean, yes, he has you know, a cannon for an arm, and I'm sure you know there are going to be some highlights in his career. You know, where he's going to you know, throw the ball 70 yards in the air to some guy for a touchdown. But I just think you know, you're looking at a guy whose completion percentage was under 60% in college, which is a slower game and then you're speeding things up and putting him in the pros, I just don't see how he's going to be better in the pros than he was in college. And to me, I just, that, that pick to me has bust written all over it. Yeah, I guess I'm a little more glass half full on, on old Josh Allen. I think that it's, a, it's something he can grow into. And I think that, you know, having uh ideally a higher caliber of people around you at every position and smarter minds around you that you can learn from. I think, and this is just my gut. I think he can pick it up and he can learn from it. I think it's going to be a little rocky to start, but I'm willing to wait it out. All right. How about uh, Baltimore, Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson? What, what do you see happening there? I think it's, it's Joe Flacco until he gets hurt and I'm hoping he doesn't, but We've seen some things happen. Lamar Jackson is great. He's phenomenal, and he's going to do great things in that offense. But I don't think they're ready to move on from Joe Flacco yet, and I don't think that Lamar Jackson's outplayed Joe Flacco to take his job from him. So to me, I'm, unless I'm in a dynasty league and I'm hanging on to him for the future, uh, Lamar Jackson's not really on my radar at this point. All right. Do you expect uh, Lamar Jackson to play at all this season, say Baltimore gets off to a – yeah, two and four start or four and six start. Do we see more of Lamar Jackson in something other than you know, gimmick packages? No, I don't think so. I think they go more the Aaron Rodgers route with him. Have him learn, have him sit, develop him so you have something over time. Not you don't want him to end up, you know, Robert Griffin the third banged up or just mentally beaten down. I want to give him every chance I can. And if I'm already in the hole, uh, I, I just. I don't know if he's going to do something better than Joe Flacco would for me in that offense. Okay. And then on a related note, if you've got, you know, if you're in a dynasty league, which of the two, you know, how would you rank uh, so far? We'll we'll talk about all the rookie quarterbacks and rankings, but how would you compare Josh Allen to Lamar Jackson? Which one do you rather have for the long haul? For the long haul, I think Lamar Jackson. I like Josh Allen a lot, but I just think that, Lamar Jackson's just raw football talent and the way he can kind of make something out of nothing. I just, you can't teach that. I agree with you that I'd rather have him, but I mean, even in the short run, I'm not sure that he's as raw as you know, he's made out to be. I, I think 
you know, he could step in and be a successful NFL quarterback uh, a lot quicker than than uh, Josh Allen could. And, yeah, I think he has a better supporting cast around him. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how things play out. But I just – I'm I'm much more optimistic both for this year and, you know, certainly for the long haul about uh, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson's NFL future. And interestingly enough that you brought up RG3 because, of course, RG3 is – currently the the third string in Baltimore. So, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson can turn to his uh, side in the quarterback room there (laughs) and uh, hopefully absorb some some, uh, suggestions on what not to do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think RG3 is probably a great person to learn from because he's been through what you don't want to have happen. I mean, like, if anyone can tell you about the pitfalls, it's him. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Jackson is being brought along a little more slowly than RG3 was. And RG3 had a, well, you know, yeah. a great rookie season. I mean, it was just the, the leg injury that really, you know, mm-hmm. you know, made things start to spiral out of control. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to Lamar Jackson then. But uh, so how about the Jets moving along to quarterback situations? Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown. First of all, who do you think? wins that battle if it's not Teddy Bridgewater does he stay or does he go and then where do you rank uh, Sam Darnold um, dynasty wise uh, relative to the other two that we just talked about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson Sam Darnold I think is interesting because I think he's going to get a real real shot this season because the Jets are, are terrible. Like, this is not a good football team right now, and there's a lot of bad things on it, which nothing like starting a rookie quarterback that way. You know, it worked out for Troy Aikman. It was fine after two years. So I think that if they're willing to stick with him and work through the growing pains and, you know, God forbid get an offensive line someday that might protect him, like, that would be great. Um, I think they're going to go with him straight off. I think they want the buzz. I think, like, they like having the name. Teddy Bridgewater is phenomenal. Um, the fact that he's back and, and playing at an elite level after destroying his knee, which we talked about last week, is just incredible. But I think he's going to end up on another roster. I think they keep Josh McCown around. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is going to go for greener pastures somewhere else, somewhere he's got a chance, or you know, it may take a couple of weeks until there's some kind of injury. But um, I think Josh McCown ends up being the backup. You know, if if things get messy, he might come in and mop up games. But I think that it's it's Darnold's show. Yeah, it, it sounds like you're right about Darnold being the starter from the get-go. And yeah, I'd kind of like to see what Teddy Bridgewater could do there. But you know, my guess is, you know, the Jets aren't going to get any, you know, blow them out of the water offers for him to start the season. And it would probably take. A starting quarterback, you know, on a contending team going down, um, in yeah. order for Teddy I mean, Bridgewater if I'm the Jets, to get it. I play, I played Teddy Bridgewater a whole lot in the last preseason game, and hope he looks good and try to get some bites that way. But realistically, for the health of your team, you need to have Darnold out there to get some more snaps. But in a perfect world, I think that's what they would need to do. But I just, I don't see a team. I mean, he's he'd be an obvious upgrade over some people, and I'm thinking, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick in Tampa Bay while Jameis Winston is out, and maybe even after Jameis Winston gets back, you know, he might still be an upgrade. And I like there, that but... too, but I think those first couple of weeks are going to be a little bit of rust. You got to work off, and that's when Tampa needs him to be great. I think that's the only problem there. Yeah, yeah. I, 
again, I, I think for the Jets, their best strategy is probably hold on to him for now. Heaven forbid either Darnold gets injured yeah. or isn't ready to go and you know, takes a beating behind the offensive line. But yeah, you still have Bridgewater and McCown there, although McCown's not going to get traded. But uh, we'll see. I, no. I, just, I think, yeah, and as far as um, dynasty rankings go, I, I think um, I would put uh, Darnold and Lamar Jackson kind of in the same tier and you know, well above Josh Allen. Not that I need to keep saying that, but uh, to me it's a toss-up to which Allen one hater. of those guys. I mean, it's I might have Darnold at three, honestly, out of those three. I might have him at three just because long-term. The Jets don't look like they're getting it together immediately. This season, next season, I mean, unless something drastically changes there, I'm not sure long-term what kind of fantasy value he's going to have for me over Lamar Jackson or or your boy out there, Josh Allen. I just, I, I'm just big picture, I'm concerned about it. Well, I think – at least on offense, his supporting cast is probably as good as Josh Allen's. I mean, yes, you know, LaShawn McCoy is still there, and, yeah, I know your favorite I mean, I like, I like what Buffalo's putting on the field just so Calvin much better Benjamin, than but, Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I would take Robbie Anderson over any of the, you know, the Bills receivers, and, yeah, certainly Buffalo has a better backfield than the Jets do, but uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. It could be interesting. Um, moving on quarterback-wise, Arizona, Sam Bradford, uh, Josh Rosen, how do you think that plays itself out this season? Well, it's been, what, six years since Sam Bradford, six or seven years since he's gotten through an entire season. Um, so I, I don't think that we're going to have to wait all that long uh, to see Josh Rosen out there. I just – Again, Arizona, I think, has some holes. I'm not sure it's, you know, a team where necessarily plugging in a different quarterback is going to make a huge difference. But I'm I'm interested to see how Josh Rosen fits in that offense. I'm just I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm just not sure it's a perfect fit, but I'm interested to see it. So I'm more optimistic about Arizona than you are, as we'll get to a little bit later in the show then. But, uh, yeah, Bradford – stays healthy for even the first few games, I think that's the ideal situation for Josh Rosen because I, unlike mm-hmm. you apparently, think that Arizona could be a playoff contender this year, you know, with Yeah, I actually have them finishing last in the division. And, so we definitely are seeing okay, them a little so different. We, we see that we see them quite differently. But uh yeah. so you know, we'll see how that plays out. But uh I Josh Rosen I would say I would again put him in that top rookie quarterback tier with, you know, Jackson and Darnold and well ahead of Josh Allen then. So, and I, I think I agree with you just either through injury or happenstance, you know, he'll We're gonna see him on the field. end up playing the bulk of the season for the, for the Cardinals this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleveland, do you think we see Baker Mayfield at all this season or is it the Terod Taylor? I sure show? hope not. I think, I mean, I think at some point, just because it's Cleveland and, like, why would we want to use logic here? But I, I don't think we should see him. I don't think it does him any good to be on the field this season. Um, I think the Browns actually have a chance at not being terrible this year. I mean, you have to go up from last year for sure. But I don't think Baker Mayfield is – he may football-wise be ready. I don't think he's mentally ready to be uh, an NFL starting quarterback in that limelight yet. And I would much rather see him – 
just stay on the bench this year, learn, grow, grow up a little bit. Um, but with it being the Browns, I think he probably does see the field at some point. All right. I have no idea what his, uh, you know, about his mental makeup, but I just think Terod Taylor is an underrated quarterback. Hugh Jackson, you know, yeah. guys one in 31 the last two seasons. He's definitely coaching to win, you know, to save his job. And I think Terod Taylor at quarterback gives him a much better chance to do that than Baker Mayfield does. And therefore I would suspect that we see Taylor for as long as he's healthy. And if he stays healthy all season, I think, you know, he's going to be the guy all season, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Browns win half a dozen games this year between him and you know, some of the skill position upgrades that they've made. Yeah, I'm super interested to watch this Browns team. I think from what we've seen so far and them on paper, I think they can be significantly better than they were last year. Just, you know, I don't know. I don't necessarily think they're a playoff team, but I think they're going to be better. And as far as dynasty rankings go, Baker Mayfield would be in a second tier for me behind the yeah. the Jackson, Darnold, Rosen tier and ahead of the Josh Allen tier from my perspective. I know that uh, just, I don't know. probably I'm just disagree not a with Baker where Allen, I have Allen. Or a Baker Mayfield fan. I just, for me, I, I could leave him. You know, I just, I don't particularly, I'm just not a fan of his. I don't particularly enjoy how he plays. So for me, I'm, he's at the bottom of my list out of the guys we've talked about so far. <clears throat> okay. So that's probably enough about uh, quarterbacks, but uh, any interesting running back or wide receiver situations you want to, to touch on? Um, I mean, I think what everyone's looking at, and I'm sure it's what you're looking at as well, is Saquon Barkley. You know, can he can he be this savior running back for the Giants? Um, obviously I'm, I'm a Penn state fan when it comes to college football. So I've been watching him for a long time. And I think, I think he could be the real deal. If he can stay healthy and stay on the field, I think he could have a monster year. What do you think as a giants fan? I'm not as optimistic, you know, for instance, the comparison that's easy to make is with Ezekiel Elliott two years ago. I think Ezekiel Mm -hmm. Elliott walked into a much better situation two years ago Completely as far as his offensive line, line goes yeah. and therefore you know I I think you know Ezekiel Elliott um, if you're using that as the measuring stick you know the metric I think Saquon Barkley will probably fall short of that but you know, I still think he'll be quite good and you know he would be my pick for offensive rookie of the year in the NFC but I still don't think that you know, he'll be as valuable as Ezekiel Elliott was in his rookie year, you know, when he led the NFL in rushing. And I don't, you know, much less, I don't think he'll be able to hold a candle to Ezekiel Elliott's fantasy value this year. Yeah, it's it's certainly a different situation, but I think he, if, if if the stars align, he could do incredible things. If he could just stay healthy, I'd be happy with that. I think he could do enough to be, I mean, the last couple of years, the running back situation for the Giants has been, a little rough around the edges. So I think no matter what you get out of him, it's still going to feel like an upgrade, but I think he can be really a truly great player. Yeah. The Giants spent their third round supplemental draft pick on a guy who's out for the season already and cost them their third round draft pick uh, yeah. next year. So I guess the only advantage is that they'll, you know, he'll know where the rehab room is, but 
Other than so that, we'll that, be able to find it, so that's good. Got that yeah, going for you. Yeah, that's that's not much to recommend. And, and somewhere stuff. Redskins fans are screaming that they know about losing running backs early in the season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's too bad what happened with uh, Aaron Geis, but, um, you know, yeah. it seems to happen to, to somebody every year, and it's unfortunate that it was – him, I mean, Sony Michelle is banged up, but you know, nothing like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, lose guys, whether it's a rookie like Geis or or whether it's somebody established like Marquise Lee, that just really stinks. You know, more just as a football fan rather than a fantasy fan. But uh, yeah, my fantasy my fantasy teams are definitely hurting without Marquise Lee, though. I will say that. So. Speaking of drafting, how about a couple of drafting strategies I just wanted to touch on? How about uh, the whole idea of handcuffing uh, running backs? What, what's your take on that? Good strategy or bad? Do you do it or not? I don't. I don't do it. I don't like it, and I know I'm very much in the minority here um, because I get that you're you're playing your odds. You know, start one or the other or both, and and you're sure to hit. But I'd rather take a chance and play matchups and you know, hope I hit on two guys versus putting two guys in and hoping they turn into one. I just, I'm not a big handcuff guy. I just, it's never been my thing. It's just, I'd rather, I'd rather mix it up. I'd rather have different situations and different matchups. Well, even when you're a, you know, a handcuff, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that either one of the guys is going to have a good season, depending on what all else yeah. goes on around them with the offensive line or quarterback injury or, what have you. So I think that's even more of a reason not to do it. Uh, even though I work in the insurance industry and people often draft, you know, use the insurance analogy yeah. with the handcuff strategy in football, I, I'm just you know, dead set against it you know, for the reasons that you stated and just you know, making it more interesting. I mean, I want my fantasy teams to be interesting you know, for me that I'm, I want to, yeah, I want to enjoy watching all the games. I want to like, wanna root have, for a be bunch rooting of for guys. And, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to know that all my guys in a given week have a shot to play and not that, oh, you know, I, you know I'm worried that Saquon Barkley might get hurt and therefore I have Wayne Gelman on my bench. You know, that's, that's just, you know, to me, that's, that's not interesting. So I, no. I don't do it. But uh, interesting to be And, and that, there's, so. to me, there's too many, there's too many teams like, I, you know, I, we always joked about Shana Hannigan's in the past, but like with Bill Belichick, like you honestly, there's no way to know any of the six running backs he's going to decide to feature from one week to the next. You're you're just as likely to pick the guy who's, you know, selling insurance in your office with you and putting them on your fantasy team because he might have the same – he could be Jonas Gray. It just – there there are so many variables that I think that sometimes you can overthink it, and handcuffing to me is almost too, too cerebral, I guess. I just – I, I want to play with more with my gut and the matchups, and I want to worry about if it's going to rain or not, not if, ah, oh, you know, there's a linebacker here who's hurt guys already this season and my running back might get it. I just I don't want to do it. Okay, how about um, drafting defenses and kickers? How early in the draft are you willing to, to do that? Um, a, a good defense, I'm willing to to probably draft earlier than some. I and I know this makes you crazy. I like having two defenses on my on my team because I like to play matchups. I like to have 
I like to decide week to week who I'm going to play, and I don't want to be picking off the waiver wire. I like having two good defenses. Kickers, I, I just I don't care. I'll take them at the end. Uh, there's, you know, there's always going to be a couple of elite guys. I'd love to have a Dan Bailey on my team if he falls, but if there's, if there's still guys who are going to be valuable to me in a flex option or a rookie, I want to take a flyer on. I'd rather, I'd rather hold off and take those guys. And uh, with a, a defense, even if I don't get them till later, or if I have to go to a waiver wire later, I can still find someone serviceable kickers. You know, I want to get somebody in the draft that I, I can, hang my hat on a little bit, but I'm not going to reach for them. All right. You're, you're right. We do have different uh, strategies. We when always it comes do. <laughs> defenses. You know, I think it's, it's pretty difficult. I mean, yes, you can say Jacksonville is going to be a top defense this year. And yes, the Rams are going to be a top defense this year and be fairly confident um, that you'll be right about that. But, yeah, beyond that, I don't think there are too many certain things. And in order to get one of those, quote-unquote, certain things, you'll have to be taking them much earlier than I would want to take them. I'd rather take another running back or another wide receiver and hope that that's the difference maker for me in a championship season rather than you know, having two strong defenses to pick from every week. So I guess I differ from you both in that I don't want to have two defenses on my roster and that I I'm not willing to take them until the second to last round and kickers are always last round. And if I ever take a kicker and it's not the last round, then somebody please shoot me. (laughs) And for the ninth consecutive year, Sherpa and I do not draft the same, but you know what? It works. We win some, we lose some at the end of the day. It's not always pretty, but we still win games. Okay, a couple more uh, strategy, drafting strategy things that I wanted to address. How about uh, the issue of bye weeks? Do you pay attention to them at all when you're drafting or not? Absolutely. I look hard at bye weeks. I like knowing when I'm drafting. I will not draft somebody if it, it's, it's going to mess up my bye week strategy. I will pass on a guy. I will take somebody else without a doubt. I look the entire draft. I, I'm looking at my lineup and mentally saying, okay, this week I'm, I've got these guys off. I've got these guys to plug in. I look at it the whole way. I know I'm also a maniac. <laughs> I am exactly the opposite. I don't pay it any yep. attention or mind. My goal is just to get the best <clears throat> players on my roster to start the season, regardless of bye weeks. And if I run into problems, I figure that either – Injuries or trades can solve things, but uh, by not paying attention to the you know to the bye weeks and a draft might have caused. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it the whole way. I start from my first pick. I start thinking, okay, I got I got this wide receiver, this running back on a bye. All right, who's my next target? What's their bye week? Especially in my in my early picks, I don't want conflicting bye weeks. I don't want to be worrying about that. Like, oh, both my running backs are going to be off on the same week. Like, I'm just going to punt week 11. No way. I don't want to do that. Well, you're not – I mean, depending on what your opponent that week has going on, you might not have to punt a week even if several of your – I mean, there are always weeks where, you know, there's six teams you know, on bye, and it seems like, you know, half the elite quarterbacks are missing or half the elite running backs are missing. So, you know, I think – yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Again, we we see this differently, so better yeah. to just move on than to be the dead horse. <laughs> I'm not going to convert you. About... You're not going to convert me. <laughs> exactly. So, 
How about uh, average draft position? How much attention, if any, do you pay to that uh, when you're ranking players ahead of time or trying to figure out uh, who to take with a specific pick in the middle of the draft? Not a ton. Um, I think you're probably similar to I in that we're a little spoiled and that we're kind of immersed in this. Um, it's, it's certainly something we think about more than maybe the average person does. Hence why we've been here for nine years and you guys keep coming back, which we super appreciate. Um, so I, I worry less about average draft position, especially because I'm taking into account there are a lot of, um, idiots feels like too strong of a word, but there's a lot of people who are just doing this for fun or they're out there without a clue and they're screwing with your average draft position if you're using those kinds of rankings. So it's something I kind of look at, but I don't put a lot of stock into. See, I'm kind of the opposite. I agree with you that a lot of people don't do a ton of preparation before a draft, but I think what those people may often end up doing is they'll figure, well, I'll go with the average draft position because that's kind of the consensus of the general public. And if I go with the consensus of the general public, then at least people won't laugh at me for being stupid or, or not stupid, but, you know, for not being as informed or as big a, a fan yeah. as they are. So my, my, my thesis here is that a lot of people do pay attention to average draft position when making their picks. And therefore, you know, if I have a guy that I'm really high on, but average draft position suggests that you know, he's not going to get picked for another two or three rounds, then I'm better off holding on you know, holding off on taking the guy and taking somebody that I think is of comparable talent, but is likely to disappear in the net, you know, within the next round. So I tend to pay well, attention that to me, it. That brings me to a question because I know how, how I draft, I go in and I have, uh, and I'm curious to see if you're similar in this and that I sort of have a game plan for how I think my draft's going to go for guys. I'm looking to target at certain places. Um, and, and some of that is from, you know, having a couple of drafts under your belt for the season. It's tough in your first couple just to get a feel for it. And, and each each room in each draft is going to be different. But I, I tend to look for certain guys in certain places. And if it's a hole I'm looking to fill on my team and he comes up and I've got to grab him higher than maybe his average draft position is because it fits with my strategy, with my quote-unquote draft board, I'm willing to do that. I'm not going to wait and hope he's still there the next, you know, next round or two when it comes up, because if it's somebody I'm targeting, somebody I want, and he fits with what I'm looking to do, I'm just going to take him. If there's nobody that's in that, you know, 12 or 14 or however big my league is uh, window until my next pick that I'm, I'm dying for, I'm just going to go with my guy. The only time when I really do that is when I've gotten caught short at a position which does happen. I mean, I mm-hmm. was in a draft, an industry draft earlier in the summer where the tight ends started going off the board, you know, several rounds earlier than I thought yeah, they sometimes that happens. You know, should. And so then I had a choice to make. Do I just, you know, grab somebody a round or two earlier than I think they should be taken because, you know, all the other guys are going that I want or are gone scarcity. already? Or do I wait it out and then say, look, you know, if if I'm indifferent between three guys that are left and only two other teams need a starting tight end still, then I might as well wait and just take whichever one is still available when I'm ready to pick. Of course, what happens sometimes is I don't account for the fact that 
some teams might like to have, you know, reserves at tight end when there's I usually don't. There's a renegade don't. like me out there drafting and, two tight ends yeah. or two defenses so if there's messing somebody, up the system. Right. So then I might get caught, okay, now the last guy that I deemed as an acceptable starter was just taken off the board. You know, so then the question becomes, do I wait even longer because I really don't care who I get at this point anymore? Or do I just say, you know, I might as well cut my losses and get my uh, 14th ranked tight end, even though I still only have uh, three wide receivers on my roster because I've been drafting uh, running backs mm-hmm. you know, the first four to six rounds then. So it, it's do interesting. You, when you're drafting, I, do you are you actively looking at the other rosters or are you kind of just mentally as things come off the board trying to soak it in? Are you are you the kind of person that takes a look at the at other teams you know, as their teams are being put together during the draft? I don't look at specific teams so much, but I am, you know, I do have usually a master list with players, you know, sorted yeah. by position and then just crossing them off. And so, you know, and sometimes I'll have a grid where I have teams and their positional needs and I'll cross that off. So I'll know, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I'm drafting ninth. There are three teams after me. So that means six picks before my next, pick you know right if I'm the only team that needs a tight end and I'm trying to decide between a tight end or a wide receiver or a tight end and a quarterback I'll take the player at that other position and then just you know take my chances that you know the one or mm-hmm. two guys that I had on my list you know at the top of my tight end list at that point would still be available when it comes back to me and if somebody messes with that by you know, taking a you know, bench tight end then before I've taken a starting tight end then, you know, so <laughs> be it. Yeah, you know, that just leaves me more, you know, bodies at, at other positions to, to pick from then. That's interesting. Yeah, I know, I know um, people who will, like, meticulously watch other rosters during a draft, um, but it's never really been something I did. I just I had enough I was worrying about. I wasn't trying to then analyze someone else's team in real time. I was just trying to navigate my next few picks. So I guess each their own. Yeah, I I tend to worry more about my own roster during the draft. And the only yeah. reason that I'm really interested in who other teams have taken is just more out of a positional need standpoint. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to know, okay, if, if you know how many teams still need a quarterback, a, first, a starting quarterback, you know, and how many right. teams still need a starting tight end? Can I afford to, you know, if I'm trying to decide between the two of those positions, which one am I better off taking now, and you know, which one am I better off you know, waiting and hoping will still be available for my next? Yeah, of course, that, that gets a little bit harder if you know you're on the extreme. You know, if you're at the way beginning or at the way end of your you know, draft order, I then, because then I hate that. I yeah. love a good middle of the road pick or like maybe maybe a wraparound, but I just I hate waiting twenty five picks till my next pick. It makes me crazy. Yeah, that it's not my favorite and usually if I'm in that position it's because I have the last pick in the first round and not the first pick in the first round, which can be a little bit infuriating, but uh, yeah, just from yeah, you know, it's harder to maintain your focus and stay interested in a draft like that. But on the other hand, I'm pretty sure that I'm gonna get two top-notch running backs if I'm drafting you know, at the end of the first round versus you know, I might not get yeah. a second top there are pluses. flight running just... back if I'm drafting at the end of the second round. Mm-hmm. 
I'm with you. So, all right. So how about um, just speaking of some non-player specific issues, but some things that might inform some of your specific picks. Why don't we each give our list of the offenses that we think will be best and worst this season and then do the same with uh, defenses? Who would you say going into the season are your top five offenses? For my money, I think I'm going – I might need six, but I'll get close. Uh, Philadelphia, New England, uh, the Rams, the Steelers, and Atlanta. I'm going to go with my top five there. Okay, we we have three of the five in common, and I have uh, oh, that's actually more than I thought. That is more than I thought. Philadelphia is my sixth, and New England is my eighth-ranked offense. So we, there's a fair amount of overlap there, and we're not too far okay. off on the ones that uh, we disagreed on. I had Atlanta first, Pittsburgh second, New Orleans third, Detroit, which I know we disagree on fourth, and the Rams fifth. A little bit, a little so, bit on Detroit there. And That's the okay. other one I know you're going to disagree with is that I have Arizona as my seventh-ranked offense, and I'm sure you have them a lot further down your totem pole. Clearly you and I see Arizona earlier. as a different beast this year. Yes. It's just, so how I, I about, just don't know. Um, see, maybe we'll get a little bit more consensus at the uh, other end of the spectrum. Who do you see as your uh, bottom five offenses? Uh, <clears throat> Cincinnati, Buffalo, as much as that hurts me to say, Chicago, uh, Cleveland, and the Jets. All right. We agreed on three of the five there, too. And the one okay, this is actually we didn't not terrible on, for us. Cincinnati, I see them as more like my 18th and um, – I'm forgetting who who was in your top five again. It was I know I got the Jets, the uh, Browns, Cincinnati. and the Bears to overlap with you. Uh, Cincinnati, um, Cincinnati, Buffalo, which I, Buffalo, I think that's the okay. other one you didn't get. Yeah, Buffalo yeah. was. I didn't. Was I don't like doing it. I don't like saying list. it, but so, here we are. Yeah, yeah. It pains me to say too, but I have the Giants in my bottom five going into the season. I don't have them in my bottom five, but they're close. Yeah, even though Saquon Barkley should have a nice rookie year, and I'm sure Odell Beckham Jr. will have a nice year if he stays healthy. For me, that's it fantasy-wise. I don't want anything else to, to do with that team from a fantasy perspective, even though I'll root for them. like the quintessential glasses half-empty Sherpa Giants fan that we've known and loved for nine years. <laughs> yeah, so the Giants are, are my fifth from the bottom, then Cleveland, the Jets, but there's not going to be much offense in New York this year. Baltimore and uh, Chicago I had as, as my bottom offense for the season, all the Mitchell Trubisky uh, hype aside. Oh, but, uh, we'll, we'll see there. So, yeah, that gives you an idea of why we might be staying away from certain players. How about on the other side of the ball? Who do you, uh, um, who are your favorite uh, defenses, your top five defenses? Uh, I think we got season. some good ones this year. I think there are some standouts. I would hope. I mean, honestly, from from how things go, probably our list look totally different. But um, uh, Jacksonville, Minnesota, the Chargers, the Eagles, and the Texans for me would be my top five. Okay, we had three of the five in common there, being Jacksonville, Houston, okay, and uh, 
Minnesota. I have Jacksonville as number one. Uh, Houston is number two. Pittsburgh is number three. Minnesota is number four. And Denver is number five uh, with um, uh, Chargers seventh and Eagles eighth. So we weren't too far uh, off on that. So I'm just curious where you had the two teams that I had that you didn't have, those being uh, Berg and Denver, how far down your list were they? Um, they're still in my top 10. Pittsburgh, I have at seven. I have Denver at eight. Okay. So there's a fair amount of consensus So we're, we're actually not, not far off. I expected worse. Okay. And then how about on the, um, on the, the bottom end of the scale, who, who do you think are going to be the worst defenses? I'm um, sorry to say I got your Giants here, uh, as well as the Jets, Dolphins, Raiders, and uh, 49ers. Uh, we only agreed on two, those being the Raiders, who I have as my fourth worst defense, and the Giants, who unfortunately I have as my worst defense. So um, hmm. number five for me is Dallas, which is probably not welcome news to you. No, um, no, Oakland, not a fan of that one. Oakland number four. Washington, number three, Tampa Bay, second worst, and the Giants' worst. So uh, Philadelphia, you're going to have a lot of, uh, from the Sherpa's perspective, a lot of pretty awful defenses to to pick on this season. They sure are. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, we had them on our top offense list. (laughs) Yes. So, well, mine wasn't quite in the top five, but uh, they were were close. close. So how about um, since we're, we're going into predictions, now, uh, why don't you? Why don't we spell out uh, who we think our our playoff teams, our division winners, and wild card teams are going to be in each conference, and then work up to uh, a Super Bowl pick. Then, so let's start with the NFC. Uh, who who do you have as uh, division winners and wild card teams? So I've got the Eagles winning the East. I don't like saying it. I've got the Packers winning the NFC North, the Falcons in the South, and the Rams out West. Um, and then as far as wild cards, I like both the uh, the Saints and the Seahawks, believe it or not. Okay. Um, somewhat different lists. Um, I, have, I agree with you on Philadelphia winning the NFC East and Atlanta winning the NFC South. I have Minnesota to win the NFC North, and I know you're going to um, hate this one, but Arizona winning – the I mean, NFC West. I mean, I've got, uh, like I know, I know got, some of my stuff is a little off the wall, but good grief, Arizona winning the West. <laughs> okay, I just I can't. We'll see. I've got them finishing dead last, below 500. Okay, and then for wild card teams, I've got the Rams is my first wild card team, and the Lions with their uh, high octane offense is my second. Um, team. So it sounds like uh, Minnesota, Arizona, not in your playoff picture. Detroit, not in your playoff picture. And you substituted no. Seattle. I'm thinking we might need to we might need to Green put a Bay. post on like Facebook or the, or the website or something with our our full picks because I think they probably look real different. All right. Well, maybe the <laughs> AFC will be uh, a little bit closer. Maybe. So maybe. Let's, let's Why don't you, who, you go who first your with the AFC? Who do, All right, who I'll do go, you have? So you can mock and ridicule me. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think I'm going out on too much of a limb to pick New England in spite of their yeah. shaky wide receiver situation there. I'll pick them to win the East just by default because I think the other three teams are all pretty awful there. Um, 
Pittsburgh to win the AFC North, Jacksonville to win the AFC South, Chargers to win the AFC West, and then I'll oh, take oh. Uh, Houston as Houston is my first wild card team, and Denver is my second wild card team in the AFC. Okay, our wild cards are vastly different, but I I agree across the board with division winners here in the AFC. So things did bounce back. Um, as far as wild card teams, I'm actually going with, and this is going to sound crazy, the Colts and the Raiders. I would <laughs> agree with with that assessment of your your self assessment. I'm I'm saying we gotta put it. We need to put our full predictions up somewhere. There needs to be some accountability because I am hoping come season end, I'm looking at you going, I was right. This sounded nuts, but I was right about this, and it could very much go the other way. But I think it'd be nice right, for posterity's well, sake. So we'll have to do that. We can we can put them on the on the the fantasy football Sherpa Facebook page to start with, and um, that'll get tweeted out, and then we can. Uh, See where else we'll it winds up then. But uh, so who's, Since who's I'm going to be on the DL, uh, I can Bowl? fight everybody. I so am taking. Your... Uh, I'm taking the Falcons to win in Atlanta this year over the Steelers, 31-27. That's my pick. Okay, I'm going to go with the Steelers to beat the Vikings, um, 35. Oh, so we, both have, we both have Pittsburgh there. Okay. We do. That's... And of course, that. that's largely dependent, at least for me, on Le'Veon Bell coming back week one yeah. and not getting hurt. You know, if that happens or Ben Roethlisberger goes down, then kind of all bets are off. Yeah. But uh, of yeah, course, neither one of us so. has the crystal ball to forecast injuries. So, given what we know, you know now, what I that wish would we be, did. Would be more fun. Uh, it sure would, or maybe it wouldn't. Who knows? But. Um, Pretty pretty solid predictions here. I, we only thought each other were crazy on like a third of them, which is actually pretty good for us. Uh, all in. Okay. Um, so, so who are your uh, who are your offensive rookies of the year, NFC and AFC? Oh, uh, Saquon Barkley definitely in the NFC. God, I don't know in the AFC. I'll go with uh, Royce Freeman, the Broncos rookie running back. I think he'll. Um, I like him a lot. I just uh, Booker in short order, and I do have him on a couple of teams. I will say that I have drafted him, so I I hope Um, I I would like the Broncos to be more functional. Okay, how many games will Cleveland win? Six. I agree. That was my pick as well. And which team will have the first final prediction question of the night in the preseason? Which team will have the first pick in next spring's NFL draft? Kansas City Chiefs. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm unfortunately going to go with my uh, favorite team. I, I think the I believe the in your Giants more than you do. Clock. Yeah, it's pretty Goodness. sad, but uh, I'm I'm just not expecting a lot out of their their. They they have two good skill position players, but I just don't know that I have the faith in the quarterback and the offensive line anymore. Tight end is great too yeah. when he's not concussed. But when he's not concussed. Yeah, I'm just well. Not let real, us uh, let us hear optimistic. what you guys have to say. Um, we will definitely be putting our predictions out there. Come at us about them. We know you're going to have some differing opinions. You can find us all week long. We're at fantasyfootballsherpa.com, which is a wealth of knowledge. If you're not there yet, you need to be. 
Find us on Facebook at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. We're on Twitter at the number four THN Inches Show, fantasy underscore Sherpa, and JKIM16. Next week, week one, we'll be back at our normal time, Wednesday nights at 8.30. That's where you can find us all season long. I, unfortunately, am on the pup list next week. I'm having my tonsils out. My doctor won't let me talk. So, uh, Sherpa will be back. We're still going to have my picks and as much sass as humanly possible without me having a voice. So, we'll be back next week. Come get your get your knowledge. We're going to show you who to start, who to sit, daily fantasy picks, uh, predictions for the games, all kinds of good. So, don't miss that. Thank you so much for hanging with us tonight, guys, and good luck in your drafts. We will see you guys next week. Fingers crossed my tonsils don't kill me between now and then. Um, But, you know, as always, thank you, and we will be back with you next week. Good luck in the drafts, and we'll see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.